It's time for Love Talk with the Loveladies, Kathy, Carrie, and Evelyn. Celebrating July 4th with a very special guest today. Happy 4th Thank of July, you, everyone. This is Evelyn and uh, the first love lady, and we are in the studio today with the two other wonderful, wonderful love ladies. Well. This Carrie and this Kathy. Isn't this fun? It is great to be here together. Happy Independence Day. Happy 4th of July, friends. What a weekend. Love being in the United States this time of year. You know, for any of our international friends who are live streaming us via the Internet on thebridgeaustin.com, I know that being an American in a foreign country on the 4th of July is kind of an interesting thing. But you can always do something fun. Invite people over. Have a barbecue. Maybe you won't see fireworks, but it's always it's always a great time on Independence Day. And thank you, friends, for being with us on KTXW, The Bridge, Austin, Central Texas Christian Talk. We are building bridges of love and leadership. And, Carrie, we need love and leadership right now. We do, absolutely. Hello, friends. This is Coach Carrie Brinke here, and welcome to Love Talk. You found the love ladies here, and we're so grateful and thankful that you are here with us today. Kathy, you're right. We do need love and leadership today. And what what a great day to just think about loving and leading um, the way that Christ loves and leads, right? No, there is no Greek. There is no Jew. There is no slave. There is no free. We are all one under Jesus Christ. And I just think that's beautiful. I just got chills as I think about the sacrifices that men and women have made over decades and centuries for our country to be free. And we live in a country where we can express every single view because we live under um, a nation that is free. And whether I agree with your opinion or not, you are free to express it. And I think that's (laughs) wonderful, right? And we're free to disagree. We're free to have our own opinions. We're able to um, share those opinions no matter how offensive they are. We're, we have the ability to worship, and we have the ability to choose where we worship in this country. And I'm so thankful for those freedoms. I'm so thankful that we have a day to celebrate those freedoms. And I, I'm just, I'm, I'm proud to be an American. You know, one of the things that I love to do is go back and read all of the writings and letters from our founding fathers about Independence Day, about the 4th of July, when they were looking back on this time, when they uh, set out this uh, this declaration of independence. I mean, this was a huge thing saying, hey, we're going to stand on our own two feet here, and this is what we're going to stand for. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I love reading so many of our founding fathers. They talked about the providence of God and they relied on God and they turned to God because they knew it was only going to be with him that they were going to be able to accomplish what was in front of them. And so I just think, you know, today, as we we look back, remembering God's hand on this nation um, and everything that our founding fathers ended up putting within our Constitution that reflect mm. um, our creator and how he made us and, and the humanity that he gave us and making us equal. And, you know, I just think that God made us with a heart that enjoys a good celebration. And, you know, all throughout the Old Testament, he is telling his people over and over again, I want you to celebrate this and I want you to celebrate this. And, boy, if you read through the Old Testament, you think, well, how do they have time to do anything else but celebrate? You know, I mean, there is one festival right after another. So, friends, I mean, today we just we really want to celebrate. We want to celebrate what God has made possible for this nation, what the sacrifice of men and women have made possible for this nation. You know, when we are uh, standing and we are watching that flag fly and and the wind just uh, move it in such a beautiful way, uh, someone said to me, um, they were reading this quote, and they said, you know, you think that it's the wind that moves the flag, but it's not the wind it is the voices of all of those veterans who have gone before us that have that the breath of their life have made that po- it possible for mm-hmm. that flag to fly 
and it's given me a whole new appreciation for veterans and their sacrifice. And so we're looking forward to speaking with one of those veterans today as a special guest. Absolutely. I'm, I'm thrilled um, to have our friend with us today, and we'll, we'll get to introducing him in just a moment. You know, when I think about our flag and I think about our country, I and we think about the founding fathers, you know, there there's no one, Kathy, Miss Evelyn, on this planet that does not have sin in their life. And I think that sometimes we get caught up and we'll say things, you know, disparaging words about, you know, our founding fathers and things that they might have done in their lives. But you know what? Then you have to turn that on to yourself. And say, you know, I'm not perfect either. And I just pray that nobody judges me for what, for the sin in my life. And so when we look at that flag, I don't want us to think any negativity about that. I want us to think about the freedoms that we are afforded in this country, period. And that we are the most free place on the planet. And uh, we get to enjoy those freedoms every single day day we can get in our cars and go and do whatever we want to do and I just I just I'm so grateful for that and I'm so thankful for that and um, and those that have given their lives and given their service um, and been away from their families to ensure those freedoms for us we have two key verses today first Peter 2:16. live as a free man but do not use your freedom to cover up for evil Live as servants for God. Boy, you know, there's just been so much going on in our world in the last, um, you know, four, six weeks. It, it, it's been um, thought provoking. It has been gut wrenching at times. Um, but this verse from First Peter, live as free men, but don't use that freedom to cover up for evil. We're to stand up for what is right. And our flag gives us the freedom to do that. And our God gives us uh, the instructions on how to do that. And then Galatians 5.1, for freedom, Christ has set us free. Stand firm, therefore, and do not submit to a yoke of slavery. This verse is, um, it, it has so many layers to it, but it kind of boils down to this. Um Peter, or excuse me, Paul was saying here that he didn't want people to be burdened by sin mm-hmm. and that Jesus could take that away. Um, and Christ has set us free. So, I, yeah, I'm so excited about today. I'm excited about Independence Day. Kathy, do you have plans for Independence Day? You well, have fireworks plans? So in Boise, down in the Central Park that's right next to the river, um, we go down and, and I mean, you get to play volleyball, you throw around a frisbee, you bring some snacks, and then you get ready for a long night. Because remember, in Boise, we are so far north, fireworks can't even start till about 1030 at night. Oh, wow. Yes. And yeah, so the, I forgot about the that. first year that we were in Idaho, we went down to the park at five o'clock and I don't know what we were thinking. We were thinking, oh, yeah, well, you know, fireworks will start sometime around eight o'clock and we'll be home by, you know, 930 or something and literally we were all falling asleep on these blankets that we had brought and then all of a sudden the fireworks start and we're just kind of trying to wake up and start to enjoy the fireworks but so it's just a fun time it's it's a late night but I love fireworks they are glorious I remember being in Georgetown and we always used to go down to Old Settlers Park Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and just lay down on the grass and you know be propping our our head up on our hands looking up at all of those beautiful um, fireworks exploding over our heads and I was just thinking you know when I, I over over fourth of July we are celebrating with those fireworks but what those fireworks represent are those bombs and those the mm. the everything that was exploding mm. in the air and you know the things being set on fire and so it's the fireworks for us are a celebration but we have to remember for our veterans uh, it was a time of war mm-hmm. and um, so we're just celebrating that we won the war that we were we were given that independence and I think sometimes in the middle of our lives we get we feel like we're at war that a constant battle is going on and I just am so grateful for those soldiers who taught us to stand and who taught us to stand firm and to take courage and to be brave. And, you know, friends, no matter what the battle is in your life right now, you can find that strength and that courage 
um, through Christ, who is promises to strengthen the weak and give you courage to stand. Miss mm. Evelyn, do you have, do you and Van celebrate Independence Day in any kind of certain way? Well, no. We, in fact, we normally take our vacation in July and August, and we spent yesterday. Uh, Mm, canceling all of those plans and so we are open for what we are going to do on july 4th (laughs) we may come to your house (laughs) well you should we we go out to to see the fireworks in georgetown tonight it'll be so fun we always go out to the southwestern university campus and there's a, a great spot on the hill right by the baseball field and we just set our chairs up out there and we always see people that we know we take friends mm-hmm. and the kids just run around and hang out well when they were little they ran around now they will stroll and i'm sure be very <laughs> very teenager amazing um but um yeah we we love that we love that tradition and it's always been a whole lot of fun you know independence day the 4th of july it's it's a federal holiday yes. in the united states right miss evelyn it is and I can remember my first, our first Fourth uh, of July in Austin um, back. Uh, mm, it's been sixty years now, and I thought, you know, this is just worthless because my family got together for a fireworks show. Uh-huh. You know how you just y'all come together, and uh, we had sparklers and all those things, and. But, you know, the first event I can remember being asked to participate in or give some leadership to was a 4th of July breakfast for a men's group in Austin. Oh, wow. So, you know, you just uh, look back to look forward Mm -hmm. and knowing that, you know, they've been hard times. They've been painful times uh, through these years. But the grace of God is so strong on our life Mm -hmm. that uh, we can only... Uh, bless him and give honor to him. And, you know, when we're, you're in a time like we're in right now, when everything is unstable, uh, we need to pray more. We need to get involved. We need to know what we're talking about. And I think that's one of the things that Fourth of July gives us is the way that America stood up for what was right to become a nation under King George. Uh, mm-hmm. is still a lesson for us to remember today and to pass on to our children. Mm. Well, that's that's a that's a great bit of history, Miss Evelyn. That's exactly right. You know, the history lesson for today, you know, this day, 4th of July, just commemorates the Declaration of Independence of the United States on July the 4th, 1776. The Continental Congress came together and declared that the 13 American colonies were no longer subject or subordinate to that monarch of, of Britain, King George yes. III, and were now united and free and independent states. And that I can't imagine the courage that that took to break away and just do something that was so radical. Um, I mean, just imagine the the courage of these men to do this. And I, I'm forever grateful. And, you know, I'm excited about our friend. We do have a good friend here. I'm going to go ahead and introduce our friend right before the break so that you will be ready to to uh, to hear. Our, our friend today is Marshall Duke. Um, he's a friend of my, of mine, a friend of Kathy's. We've known Marshall for about 20 years. Um, he was born in Waterloo, Iowa, and he still has family there. He graduated from West High in Waterloo and then attended State College of Iowa, which is now known as the University of Northern Iowa. He received a degree there in industrial arts, technology, and architecture, and this all came in very useful in his military service and professional career. He also received a master's degree in psychology and human resources from Our Lady of the Lake University in San Antonio, and he did that while he was active duty in the in the Air Force. Marshall married the love of his life, Kathy, and they have just celebrated their 54th wedding anniversary. And he went into the Air Force um, really a year, just right at a year after he got married. And he served in the Air Force until April of 1973 when he was discharged as a captain with a line number for major. Uh, Marshall has had many um, successful ventures in his professional career, working for Emerson and 
Apple, and he has been retired for eight years. He has five grown children and eight grandchildren, one great-grandson, and a new granddaughter-in-law. We are so happy to have you with us, Marshall. Friends, we will meet Marshall Duke, our Air Force veteran, when we return to Left Talk right after this. Hello, friends, and welcome back to today's Christian Talk. You have found the love, ladies, and this is Love Talk. I'm Coach Carrie Brinkater, of course. I'm in studio with the First Lady of Love, Mrs. Evelyn Davison, and our good friend, Kathy Enderbrock. I'm so excited that you have found us, and there is a reason that you are here on this beautiful 4th of July Saturday. I know you've got your cup of coffee, and we just have such a special guest with us today. Marshall Duke has been... Um, a good friend to Kathy and I for for about almost 20 years. Mm-hmm. Um, I've lived in, I know I've known Marshall about 17 or 18 years, Kathy a little bit longer, and um, we're just so grateful and thankful. Marshall, our, our Air Force veteran, Marshall, so glad that you are joining us today on Love Talk. Thank you. I'm glad I can be here. Awesome. Well, we, we love you and your beautiful bride, Kathy, and uh, we're, we're just grateful that you're here. Miss Evelyn? Well, you know, it's, it's, it's always good to have a guest that reminds you of someone. Mm. And you remind me a great deal of the pastor of a little tiny church near Cut and Shoot, Texas, <laughs> that led me to the saving grace of the Lord Jesus. My dad had been drafted into the World War, uh, into the Korean. No, World War Two. Mm-hmm. World War Two. My husband was in war, was in Korean War, um, and he looked at me and saw sorrow, you know, just sadness, and and he told me he said, you know what, I know somebody that loves you, and he shared with me the love of the Lord Jesus. My dad had told us early in life that God was alive, but He died, and there's no God anymore, and so when he was shipped off. To be, you know, in the war, uh, we had a whole new framework to work from because we had family that, you know, cared for us. We had neighbors. We had friends. And when I look at that time in my life, I think, what a wonderful period that was, as sorrowful as it was. How, how did you come to know and believe that Jesus loves you enough that he gave his life for you? Well, it would have been about 1952. Uh, we were, family was, we were all members of uh, Walnut Street Baptist Church in Waterloo, Iowa. And Sunday night, I was there for church service. And the pastor had a specific sermon talking about salvation and so on. Uh, kind of a Billy Graham type of a sermon. Mm. And at the end of the service, when they were singing the invitation hymn, I felt like my heart, my chest was on fire. Mm. And I ran down to the front of the church and got on my knees, and the pastor came down and led me in the prayer for salvation. Mm. One week later, the following Sunday, Sunday morning, I was baptized. Mm. And uh, that's been my, my life all along. And I was telling the, uh, you guys also that... Uh, on the way home that night that I was saved, my mom was driving because my dad's a railroad engineer and he was out running a, 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 jo- a train somewhere. And my brother was in the front seat and he's seven years older than me. And I tapped him on the shoulder and I said, Don, Don when, when are you going to be saved? Oh. And he turned to mom and said, Mom, tell him to shut up. <laughs> yeah. But about a year later, he made a profession of faith too. Wow, that's a that's a great story. Um, you know, it's it's interesting. You know, you you came to know the Lord Jesus and when you were just a young boy, and that has never left you, Marshall. And I think that's so special. I came to know the Lord when I was young as well, and I remember running to school the next day after accepting Christ on a Sunday, and running to school the next day and telling my teacher and saying, oh, "I I I know Jesus, I know Jesus," and I wanted her to come um, to my baptism, and she did. And I just remember yeah. that was such a special time in my life. I love that you say that your chest was 
was just on fire. I love how Christ lights a fire in our hearts. And well, so Marsha, I want to ask you about this because now during the Vietnam War area era, between 1964 and 1973, there was a military draft. And uh, and this draft brought this war to the American home front. So the U.S. military drafted 2.2 American men out of an eligible pool of 27 million. And you were drafted and you were drafted into service at this time. And so for those of us that are maybe a bit too young to remember this time in history, how how did the draft work? Did the draft board just call you? Did they send a letter? Uh, and, And what were your feelings or emotions or concerns when this happened? Well, first off, I was finishing up my college degree. And I uh, had a student deferment from the draft. Mm-hmm. But my number was getting, dun, 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 you know, <laughs> uh, because Blackhawk County, Waterloo, Iowa, was a small county. Mm-hmm. And uh, as my number was coming up, the chairman of the draft board, who was a friend of my dad, he called the house and said, uh, your number's coming up, you better do something. And there was a recruiting event going on downtown. Uh, the Army, Air Force, Navy, they were yes. all there. And uh, I was talking to the Navy guy because I was kind of interested in the Navy because my uncle had been Navy. And uh, I was telling the Navy recruiter what my degree was, industrial technology, you know, architecture, construction. And the Air Force guy reached over and grabbed me and says, come on over. Air Force wants you. (laughs) (laughs) I love that. And so I said, okay. And so I signed the papers. And just a few days later, uh, we uh, I took the oath. And uh, we went down to uh, San Antonio. San Antonio. And I went through officer training school, mm-hmm. you know, basic training first and then officer training school. And then I was commissioned as a second lieutenant. Wow. Mm-hmm. You know, wonderful. You, you know, Marshall, I know that that was a scary time, mm-hmm. right? Oh, yes. oh, um, yeah. dear, you know, so, it's such a tumultuous time. Yes. Were, were you mm-hmm. nervous? Were you scared? I was. And, in fact, two of my friends, two high school friends, both died in Vietnam, mm-hmm. uh, and uh, <clears throat> one of them, you know, we were buddies from you know grade school up, and uh, and ironically now of one of my Apple friends because I'm retired from Apple, but one of the ladies that I worked with there, and, and she still refers to me as her uh, surrogate daddy. <laughs> her father is still MIA from oh, Vietnam. Wow. His name was Don Forrester, and uh, excuse me, Ron Forrester. His twin brother, Don, runs uh, Starry, the uh, children's home down in Round Rock. Oh, wow. Okay. But, uh, anyway, uh, just, you know, I have a, a, an attachment to it. I never actually went overseas officially. Uh, I was a part of the TAC courier when I was in the Air Force, and we flew around. We saw the, we joked, we saw the world from wingtip, mm-hmm. but uh, I was never officially uh, placed anywhere in Vietnam. Well, you were busy training yes. people. So yes. now, Miss Evelyn, I know that Van served in the Navy, mm-hmm. and you know, did he? Do you remember his kind of emotions surrounding oh. the time that of his service? Number one, crybaby in the community. <laughs> <laughs> I can't believe it. I can't either. My, I, I had an experience much like yours with my dad. My dad uh, was uh, drafted into uh, World War II uh, because of the skills that he had, um, and it was during that time that I came to know the Lord because my dad was. He believed God died, mm-hmm. uh, and the influence was strong, and he was a very strong um, leader. I mean, he didn't, we didn't very, where, we didn't take any time off for my dad. Mm-hmm. Um, and that was so devastating to me because we had, we lost everything, mm-hmm. and we went to live with my grandparents. Uh, but it was a time in our life that, uh, where God really spoke, and I heard him, and he changed my life. Mm-hmm. Um, so, when Van and I started dating, uh, it was the Vietnam War, and uh, then it, it was the Korean thing, and he was in one college and I was in the other, and uh, he, um, uh, we had three friends I think within six weeks that got killed in mm-hmm. uh, in tanks, 
uh, that was a whole battalion that left from our community. And I was scared half to death. I can tell you, I, you know, I, I was not that way with my dad, but I was with Van because we were, you know, he was in one college, I was in the other, and I thought he won't make it without me. Miss <laughs> 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 you know, Miss uh, Organizer. Uh, and when he went uh, to, he was going to the Air Force, he got there in San Antonio, and they were putting people on blankets outside. Uh, he couldn't, he, they wouldn't take him in, so he went to the Navy. Hmm. And um, he served in uh, Japan uh, for three of the big, big things into Korea. Hmm. So, you know, it changes your life to a certain extent, uh, but it can also cripple your life if you let it. Uh, when you see mask type of things, and like we're going through right now in America, uh, we've got to pray and we've got to trust God and we've got to have a voice mm-hmm. and express our voice. And for that, I just thank you so much uh, for your service and for what you mean to this nation as well. Absolutely. So, Marshall, you, you, your number came up, you were drafted, and you'd only been married a year to your beautiful bride, Kathy. Um, how, how did that make you feel when you knew your number was called and you had to leave, uh, leave your, your newlywed bride? We were both quite nervous about it. I'm sure. We knew that uh, God had a plan and yes. it, it would all work out. And as it did, um, it was an unexpected change in our life, but it all worked out to the best. Mm. And uh, so many things happened. Uh, you know, I did my 90-day tour of officer training school, and then Kathy was able to be there. To uh, September 29th, she pinned my second lieutenant bars oh. on, mm. and then we came back home because I had a, about three weeks of leave uh-huh. before I had to go to uh, uh training base in Illinois where I was going to, Champaign, Illinois, where I was going to be trained as an accident investigator and, uh, you know, Air Force technician and so on, so on, so on. And then when everybody was getting their orders to go to their next base after graduation, mine came up and they said, you're going to Nellis Air Force Base, Las Vegas, Nevada. Oh, okay. And you're going to be the squadron, you know, the maintenance squadron commander. Yeah, you know, I, okay. Yeah. And when I got there, the first, I didn't tell Carrie this, but the first thing I did when I got there, got signed in, we had a place to live and so on. <clears throat> they bought, the general came up to me and he said, uh, you got to sign these papers. And I said, what is it for? And he said, you're signing for the first F-111s that were oh. being delivered. And uh, to give you an idea how old I am, that was the F-111A model. They've now retired the F-111E model. Oh, wow. <laughs> <laughs> but that was a pretty big deal for an Air Force guy. I'm sure that was, oh, yes. you know, a huge had, deal. I had to sign for the spare engines, and they were a million dollars a piece. Oh, my goodness. We're talking, you know, back in the 60s. Yeah. <clears throat> Multi-million wow. dollar. We called it the swing wing Edsel because it could land on an aircraft carrier mm-hmm. or because the wings would swing back and forth as needed. Oh, my goodness. Yep. Well, Van was in Japan, and he was... Uh, uh, in money, <laughs> he, he, he paid. It was just you know regular job, uh, but he was away from home. It was oh close to two years, and we were so glad when he got shore duty, and we mm-hmm. moved to San Diego. Uh, took us three weeks to find a place to live because they had signs in the yard: no navy and no dogs. Interesting. <laughs> wow. Well, so I those know. are you know those are memories uh, that make you really appreciate um, good leadership. That's why mm-hmm. we are so blessed to choose those that mm-hmm. we serve under, uh, and not in a military. So. And mm-hmm. so, Marshall, I have a, a question for you. So, you were trained as an aircraft maintenance officer, an accident investigator, and, and I mean, to me, and you're signing for like million-dollar <laughs> things. You're like, now, if this gets broken, does it go on my path? I mean, I would be kind of nervous. Huge responsibilities for a young man. Mm-hmm. How did the Lord guide you through this this uncertain time and, and, and help us understand a bit about your journey then across to San Antonio? Okay, well, first off, <clears throat> excuse me, the uh, chaplain at uh, Nellis was a good friend of mine. 
and we helped get a church started in Las Vegas. It was one of the first Methodist churches there, and it's now the biggest Methodist church in in Las Vegas, but that's a lot of years later. (laughs) But the the thing is, I was given the opportunity to uh, be the maintenance officer and so on, an accident investigator. But then when we, we had all of our war readiness kits packed, what we call risk kits, we had everything packed to go overseas, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. an undisclosed location but we were going. <clears throat> I got my orders, and I opened them up. I got them on Friday, but I said, I'm not going to ruin the weekend. So I opened oh, up. Oh, <laughs> you, you waited. That is yeah. self-control. Wow. Yeah. So I waited, and Monday morning I opened them up, and I said, you're going to Lackland Air Force Base oh. as a flight training officer at the officer training school. So I went over to the general and I said, sir, what's that? And he said, his name was Fred Blasse. He wrote a book called No Guts, No Glory. Oh, wow. He said, yeah, you're going down there because we need the curriculum rewritten in ODS. <coughs> Excuse me. And we need you down there to, to help. I said, okay. Wow. So I went to to Lackland, actually Medina, which is an yeah. attachment, and uh, I helped rewrite the curriculum and everything, and uh, also taught classes, and um, we, uh, what's I- ironic is uh, my daughter, my second daughter, was born at Lackland oh. Air Force Base while we were stationed there. Uh, she was in Wilford Hall Hospital, and um, She's now about, she's got one year left, and she's going to retire as a lieutenant colonel in the Air Force, and she's stationed in San Antonio right now. Wow. So, you know, goes around. Things but, came full circle. Yes. That yes. That is beautiful. Okay, so, Marshall, you, you spent time in several different places during mm-hmm. your service, and something that really, I think, has impacted me about your story is that each place that you and Kathy went, you guys found a church. And you became immediately heavily involved in the activities of that church, found ways to serve. And you were members of Presbyterian Church at one point. Um, you started a Methodist church. You were members of a Baptist church. Uh, you had ties to the Assemblies of God. <laughs> so talk me through all of that. These are obviously titles that we give our church, but, but what, what really is important about all of that? We all serve the same Savior. God, mm-hmm. and uh, Jesus is the leader. You asked me what's my my core uh, memory verse, and it's John three sixteen. You know, for God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in Him should not perish, but have everlasting life. And uh, we were married in a Presbyterian church. I grew up in a Baptist church. And like you say, I helped get the, one of the biggest Methodist churches in Las Vegas started. And then in San Antonio, we, we joined a, a Presbyterian church up on the north side of San Antonio, mm-hmm. Covenant Presbyterian. And I was ordained as a deacon there. And uh, then when we left uh, the Air Force, I worked for a construction company. And uh, the president of the construction company, he and I were deacons at the Presbyterian church. <laughs> and you got dunked a lot. <laughs> yeah, yeah. God, God, where God guides, he provides, you know. He does. And, we let him. Yeah. And we, uh, we eventually moved from construction in San Antonio back to Iowa, and I built houses there for a few years. And then we came back to Texas. And uh, guess what? Uh, Main Street Baptist Church. <laughs> Uh, actually, Crestview first. I was ordained as a deacon there. And then I helped start a church in Williamson County. Mm. Uh, Crestview uh, sponsored a, a, thing, a church called Calvary. And uh, the day that we joined, Kathy, my wife, has been a musician since she was 11 years old. And she, was, she led the music ministry at, at Main Street. And uh, the Sunday that my daughter and I joined, you know, We've been bouncing around doing different things. When we joined Main Street Baptist Church, that Sunday morning, when when the service was over, the worship pastor came down to me and he said, I am so glad you joined today. And I said, well, thank you. And he says, no, really, you're going to lead worship tonight. I have to go to Oklahoma. My, <laughs> my mom is sick. Aww. So 
I hadn't even been a member at Main Street an hour. And <laughs> I say, who's this weird fellow? You're already serving. Well, that's that's what you do. That's what you and your wife do. I have to tell just a quick story about Marshall and his wife Kathy. Um, one of my two two things. One of my memories of you guys, and this was years and years ago, Marshall, you probably don't even remember this. We were in a Sunday school class, and we were doing, um, I guess, a little series on marriage, and, and you and Kathy came and spoke to our class, and the way that you talk about your wife is um, in such reverence, the way you look at her, um, it's beautiful. It's absolutely beautiful. He's telling this story about Kathy pinning um your, your second lieutenant, second lieutenant. Um, and you remember the dress that she was wearing mm-hmm. and oh. I just I mean I, I, I it's so beautiful the way you love her and the way you honor her and I know she does the same for you but um, friends um, just a beautiful picture of marriage these two for sure um, well okay Marshall I know you have a lot. You you have a lot of secrets that you are mm-hmm. taken to the grave. A lot of military secrets mm-hmm. that you cannot divulge, and um, I think that's that's impressive, right? Um, but I also know you have uh, um, some memorable stories to tell. Tell us about um, one of those that's special to you. Okay. Well, I can tell you, uh, I was an accident investigator. And uh, one of the things that, uh, you know, sometimes it would happen, This uh, he was a uh, captain, and he was having a problem with his girlfriend, and he was part of a flight crew, and uh, they were in a C-130 getting ready to take off. And uh, the colonel that was aircraft commander looked over, and he said, come on, cheer up. And he said, yes, sir, gear up. <laughs> and oh, no. That, that's one of our favorite stories. But uh, anyway. Oh, I, he put his gears up when he was on the landing strip? Yeah. Oh, uh, no. Yeah, it just squat. But it's oh. okay. I mean, I shouldn't have ever told that story. <laughs> well, now, you're normal. Don't worry. <laughs> now, I've, I have heard that there is someone who you met that you were not expecting to meet. You had to prepare for a, a visit of a, of a dignitary, and you were not told who that was. That's correct. I was part of the briefing team at Lackland Air Force Base, and the general called me and said, get over to the briefing center. We've got a dignitary coming. And I said, who? And he said, I can't tell you. And so as I was driving over, I saw Air Force One landing, and I thought, oh. Oh, and, wow. Uh, okay, I, now this is back 1970. Yeah, 71, 72, somewhere okay. there. Okay, okay. And I walked up on the stage, and there was President Nixon sitting in the front row waiting for the briefing. <laughs> waiting for you to give the briefing? Briefing, yes. Oh, my. Did and you then, get nervous? Oh, yes. And then at the end, you had to always say, do you have any questions? And he raised his hand. So I had to go down and talk to him. We just He just wanted to know, you know, how many guys do you have in class right now? Blah, 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 blah. But anyway, oh. President Nixon. Wow. When I was a little boy, when I was about seven years old, I met Harry Truman. Uh, but that was just my, my uncle pushed me under the fence to uh, when <laughs> Pre- <laughs> President Truman was, was landing in, in Milwaukee. Get shot. Yeah. <laughs> I shook his hand. I haven't washed that hand since. <laughs> That's why you're wearing a glove to this day. Right? <laughs> you know, it is wonderful to hear your stories, uh, Marsha, when you look back uh, and see how God has driven us in the arena of loving other people. Mm-hmm. Uh, it is so impressive to see a man like you who has committed a lifetime to uh, making the Lord Jesus known to others, and we thank you. That's that's my job. Well, you've been a, such a blessing to so many people. Now, Marshall, you told me a funny story on the way here about um, a man that you had trained, and unbeknownst to him, he was telling a story about you. Tell tell us that you, a friend of yours that you worked with, you trained her her dad. Mm-hmm. And uh, they were in a room together, and they were talking about the service. And this man was like, yeah, I had this crazy um, instructor. instructor. And he started describing some things the crazy instructor did. And Marshall goes, oh, wait a minute. That was me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
That was I didn't a, have on overalls. <laughs> that was an officer training school, and sometimes when they'd come back from lunch, they would be kind of sleepy, and I would I'd have to do the after lunch lecture, and they were all kind of nodding off. So I jumped up and I ran up and down the aisle of the training room and said, "Yeah, get up, get up, get up." <laughs> <laughs> and so, the, it, well, I think it's just hilarious that this man is telling this story that's and been passed down. And, and Marshall's yeah. like, "Wait a minute, that was that was me." <laughs> so, um, great times, great times. When we return to Love Talk, friends, you know our freedoms in this country are so parallel to the freedoms that we enjoy in Jesus Christ. Amen. We'll spend a little bit more time with Marshall Duke here our Air Force veteran, and talk about our freedom that we have through the love of Jesus when we return to Love Talk right after this. And welcome back, friends, to Love Talk. We have sure enjoyed this program today. Happy Fourth of July, friends. We are talking with Marshall Duke, uh, Air Force veteran, and getting his perspective on so many things and hearing about some of the fun things that, that you've done, the unexpected things. Meeting President Nixon, oh my goodness, and um, and talking about your walk with Christ and how that really aided you throughout your military career with, you know, during some of the uncertain times and the anxious times. I love that we can always press into into God and that relationship, that that active relationship that we have with him no matter what is going on around us and so Marshall I have a question for you because you know I know that you know so many times in uh you know it started with the NFL and and but it's become this conversation that everyone's having about standing for the flag and I know during the 4th of July that flag is flying high and we are standing for that flag and we understand that as long as that flag is flying over this country as and and I believe with God's hand of protection that flag still flies um but if that flag were not to fly, I can't imagine what life would be like in America. And so when I think of standing for the flag and standing when that the anthem, the Star-Spangled Banner, um, is being sung, I think of, of, of standing and you're, you're just paying um, respect to those veterans who have given their lives those veteran families who have sacrificed so much for the service um, during wartime, during peaceful times, that has has allowed us to maintain the liberties, the and 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 the prosperity that we've enjoyed in this country. Uh, and Marshall, do you ever see a scenario that that would say, you know, I'm going to bend a knee when that flag is raised and when the national anthem is played, or, or you know, what? What are your views on that? Well, having been in uh, the Air Force and, and officer training school, I, I was uh, I made my way to captain before I was discharged. I lost friends uh, mm-hmm. in, in in Vietnam. I lost friends just from normal aircraft accidents, mm-hmm. part of training, and so on. It you have to stand and you have to put your hand over your heart. Uh, if I was in uniform, I would be saluting. There's no way that you can discredit those that have lost their loves, their lives. Excuse me. Uh, I had the opportunity uh, a couple of years ago to be at Omaha Beach and to actually be at the cemetery there, and you see the thousands of crosses of men who gave their lives. How could you not stand in total respect for all of those that? Uh, gave their lives, and uh, it was pretty cool. I, I won't say the name, but I was looking at the crosses, and I saw the name of the grandfather of one of my friends from high school. Mm-hmm. So I let her know that I, I found Grandpa's grave. But, mm-hmm. again, you, it's a matter of respect, and uh, I just can't imagine to uh, how you would turn your back on that. You point. know, I think that <clears throat> because the the, pro, the the challenge is right now that in order, they're trying, those who are bending the knee are trying to show respect to another group. They're trying to raise awareness to another group. And so my response is, if trying to raise awareness of, of a group or show respect to a group so disrespects and so disregards in generations and generations of sacrifice that have come before us, then we have to find another way to raise awareness for that other group. And 
I mean, I just I think that we have so much work to do in this country. I think that we have so much work to do in our in our education system about understanding the, the history surrounding this and, and what our foundations are and how we want to move forward with the country. But um, and, you know, I try to, to respect, again, we all have the right to stand and we all have the right to kneel. And I am grateful for that right. Um, but I, I would believe that if that we can't we can't disrespect and disregard men who have shown bravery and courage and who have allowed that flag to fly. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Thank you for your views <clears throat> on that, Marshall. We just appreciate you so much. Um, just as we as we close with you, Marshall, did you receive any medals or citations or honors that you're just extremely proud of? I'd like for you to share those with us. Yes, I have the distinguished uh, Air Force, you know, uh, Air Force Commendation Medal, as it was mm-hmm. called. And, uh, of course, we all, all of us that were on active duty have the National Defense Medal. But, um, you know, one other thing, too, just to throw out there, my... Have you ever been on the Arizona uh, in Hawaii? Yeah. Uh, when you look at the wall and they've got all the names there, if you read very carefully, you'll come across R.C. Duke. And that is my, he would be my great, great cousin. Oh, wow. Uh, died, that died on the, the Arizona. Mm. And, you know, if you go to those kinds of places, how could you ever disrespect the flag when you know that there's 2,800 men under that in that water there mm-hmm. and then when you go to the, like I say to uh, Normandy Cemetery and you see that and then you go to the local uh, cemeteries here in in Texas and so on in fact uh, I signed up my wife and I and my son we've signed up for a spot for the veterans uh, cemetery up in uh, towards Colleen Wonderful. Mm. So Wonderful. I'm in the stack, as they call <laughs> as they it. call it. Well, Marshall, yeah. thank you so much for your service. And to all of our friends and families who um, have that, that are veterans, of people who have had um, family and friends who have died serving this country, who have sacrificed so much, we thank you. We thank you for that sacrifice. We thank you for that service. And, friends, on Fourth of July weekend is a great time to come together to celebrate these men and women. Mm-hmm. It's a great time to come together to celebrate celebrate our freedom and what's even better I believe is examining this holiday through the eyes of faith because in Jesus we have freedom from the power of sin Romans 8 2 tells us through Christ Jesus the law of the spirit of life set me free from the law of sin and death and Romans 6 13 says do not offer any part of yourself to sin as an instrument of weakness but rather or excuse me as an instrument of wickedness but rather offer yourselves to God as those who have been brought from death to life and offer every part of yourself to him as an instrument of righteousness and so friends I would say we have freedom from the power of sin and when I talk about this you know we think of sin in very general terms but friends how many of us need freedom from the power of of old habits that have just hurt us in our life how many of us need freedom from hate how many of us need freedom from bitterness that has been ruling over us do you need freedom from uh, sexual immorality from lying from gossip from idolatry i mean all of us have these burdens that we are desperate to get freedom from and you can you can get that freedom today uh, through relationship with Jesus Christ. Absolutely. Miss Evelyn, do you have anything to add to that? You know, it's uh, every day is a new day. Every day is a new day when you serve in the love army of Jesus Christ. Mm-hmm. And, you know, when you look at the possibilities that we have to serve him, they are increasing day by day. And it's time for us really to come to that point where we make a commitment that, Lord, wherever you send to me, I will serve you. And there are many opportunities for doing that. We have a new book coming out uh, in just a few weeks. Uh, I'm so excited, Miss Evelyn. Well, yes, I am because, uh, you know, you have a part. You have a part. These are the times in America when we need to be reminded, first of all, our inheritance, what Mm -hmm. God's given us. And secondly, what we're going to do with the money, what we're going to do with the time. 
what we're going to do with the overflow. And we're in an overflow right now of hatred and meanness in this nation. And I don't know what it's going to take to fix it. But we need to at least move in that direction and, mm-hmm. and pray and seek God. Seek the Lord Jesus. He said, I have come that you might be saved. What's he talking about? And he, and he says it will come so that we can have life. Right? Oh, Miss Evelyn, thank you so much. You always have a great way to put things. The the, the love army. Where is where is my love army and what what am I using my gifts and talents and abilities for? You know, Kathy reminded us that we have this freedom over the power of sin. But you know what, friends, we also have freedom from the penalty of sin. Um, and in Matthew twenty eighteen nineteen it says, uh, we're going up to Jerusalem and the Son of Man will be delivered over to the chief priests and the teachers of the law. They will condemn him to death and hand him over to the Gentiles to be mocked and flogged and crucified. But on the third day, he will be raised to life. He paid that penalty for us, friends. Thanks be to God who gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. Jesus paid the ultimate sacrifice and Jesus is the victory, friends. And you know what? We can have that glorious freedom in Christ. We just need to admit that we are a sinner. Like Marshall so brilliantly told us earlier today, his pastor preached on a, on, a, on, a, on some verses he, um, when, when Marshall was just a, a little child and he heard, you know what? All you have to do is admit that you're a sinner. And that's all of us, friends. Romans 3.23 says, For all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. And when we try to point our finger at someone else, we have three pointing right back at us. Because, friends, we all need the saving grace of Jesus Christ. Believe that he is God, Jesus is God's son, that he, that he died to take those sins from us. And confess this faith in Jesus Christ, friends. Tell someone about it. Romans 10, 8, and 9. If you declare with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and you believe that in your heart, that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. Friends, we encourage you to find a church. As Marshall said, just find a church that believes in Jesus, Mm -hmm. that preaches the word. The title really doesn't matter. If you need help with that, you can call us on the love line at 512-249-6535. Remember, you can always find us on Love Talk Network, and you can find us on Facebook. For my beautiful friends, Kathy Enderbrock and Evelyn Davison, I'm Coach Carrie Brinkader, and we'll see you next time right here on Love Talk.